The show has a guest, Owen Homewood, who is a good friend and has agreed to share his considerable knowledge about the technical side of radio on Rights, Rorts and Rants. Owen is a qualified electrical engineer who worked in his field as electrical engineer at CSIRO and at AWA in electronic navigation aids. Yeah, or avionics. avionics. Yeah, for aircraft. For aircraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also taught at taught electrical engineering at Ultimo TAFE and became head of the electrical engineering department there. And Owen also has a recreational interest in playing with radios. Um, so this is actually uh, a topic that's quite scientific as well because uh, there's a lot of physics and um, electronics and within this field. But um, thank you, Owen, very much for coming on the show. We're pre-recording this because you can't be in the studio on Friday, but we thank you very much for that. You're welcome, Anne-Marie, you're welcome. I know you worked in Antarctica at Casey Station. So when you applied to the Commonwealth Government to work in Antarctica, I understand your electrical engineering and radio knowledge was one element in your successful application. Well, um, they were interested in not just your technical skills, because I also had a, a science degree in physics and math, which I really hadn't used for 20 years, mind you. I also had an interest in um, outdoor recreation. So in order to uh, cope with the, the uh, environment down there, they want people who who were... Uh, have shown some sort of interest in being in the outdoors. Okay. So I, I'd, I'd been um, bushwalking for many years and I'd been doing some, some cross-country skiing and I'd lived in a cold climate. I'd lived in Montreal for five years. And I'd been teaching um, a, a lot of uh, radio propagation and antennas at TAFE. So the area in which they wanted to use me was in upper atmosphere physics which is the study of the interaction between the solar radiation, the upper atmosphere, meaning up to several hundred kilometres up, and the Earth's magnetic field. So I, uh, I had that technical background, and I had, uh, I'd, I'd been bushwalking that year. Then when they recruited me earlier that year, I'd been bushwalking in Tasmania. You know, it was, I was away for nearly three weeks, in southwest Tasmania, and I think that impressed them no end, the fact that I'd survived it. Yeah, so that... that and also, you, before you can be hired by the Antarctic Division, you've got to do some pretty rigorous uh, physical tests to start with, the medical tests, and you've got to go for, through a psychological ex- testing and fairly comprehensive, and that's... Um, that's it's not difficult to do the test, but the trouble is that about thirty percent of the applicants don't pass those yeah. tests. So, how long were you in, in Antarctica for? Oh, gee, it was nearly sixteen months. I was, I went down in uh, October of eighty-eight, and I didn't come back until uh, February of nineteen ninety. So, I was in. My job was to install a whole lot of equipment, and to keep it going. But the data collected by that equipment was being used by a young, a young Chinese physicist uh, for his master's thesis. It, um, it was professionally very challenging and very interesting. And um, 
But at the same time, I could do a lot of cross-country skiing. Yeah. So it was great fun. Yeah. So I was I really enjoyed it, and I and I was um. I was involved in the search and rescue team down there. I was a search and rescue field team leader. Okay. <laughs> and hopefully, you didn't have to use that too often. Well, we only used it once, and that was on April first, nineteen eighty nine, when I was working at the old station in, in the upper atmosphere physics laboratory, and. Uh, as I was coming back, the weather deteriorated very rapidly and I got stuck out in a blizzard. Oh. And I sought refuge in... I knew where these old... Where the, a whole lot of trucks had been mothballed for the winter and I knew where they were. So I got into that... I got into that... Uh, into one of these trucks and I was safe. Uh, but my compatriots in the station didn't know where I was. So they were rather concerned... And this all happened at about noon on a Saturday. Well, I didn't manage to find my way back to the station until um, about three in the morning. Oh, really? And and they were, of course, they'd been out looking for me. You had no means of communication. No, with there was, them. in the truck, the radio, the batteries were out of the trucks. I couldn't communicate with them. So, but I was safe. Anyhow, the long, the long and the short of it is that well, that the. Uh, I was the search and rescue field team leader. Yep. And the only serious exercise we had during the year was to find me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the electrical engineering, um, your expertise in that area, that was relevant, obviously, when you worked in KC. Oh, yeah. We, um, we, we were measuring the earth magnetic field. We had numerous instruments to measure that. We had... a. Um, a an upper atmosphere radar system, which blasted, uh, I think, four kilowatt pulses into the into the uh, upper atmosphere and looked at the radar, at the echo coming back. It was a sort of vertical radar, right. and we could see the various layers of uh, of um, ionized gas. Ionized means the electrons have been ripped off the oxygen and nitrogen at- atoms, and we could we could see these echoes. It, coming from layers in the upper atmosphere. So that was, um, it was really interesting to see it. And, uh, and the instrument that, um, that recorded all this, in those days, it was recorded every, every time we took a, a sweep of the upper atmosphere. We did it um, about once every 15 minutes and the results were recorded actually on a 16mm film. Mm. And I had to develop the film and send the results back to uh, the Ionospheric Prediction Service, as it was then, in uh, Chatswood. Um, but I had the good fortune as well. I was, I'd had a long interest in photography. That's right, yep. So um, you needed to know how to develop the film from this. So I'd, I'd been there and done that, and, and so that was another feather in my cap when it came to um, being employed by them. Yes. So I was lucky. I had just the right combination of skills yeah. at that time uh, for that particular generation of instruments. Also, I knew something about valves, because the, and, the, and the, this radar thing had valves in, it, in the transmitter port of part of it. And um, I, was only, I was about 47 at the time, and younger engineers had worked on all transistorised solid states. Right. Equipment, so uh, I was as an older engineer. I was, 
I, I had um, some knowledge of vacuum tubes and valves, and which, uh, which at the time was uh, difficult to find that combination of, of backgrounds. Mind yeah. you, five years later, they'd gone pretty much all digital. Yep. And I would have been no use whatsoever. Yes. So I was just had the right combination really? of skills in the right place at the right time. That's why you say at that time. Yeah.